Off the coast of Nova Scotia sits a small, unassuming island named for the tall oak trees that can be seen even far out at sea. This island is rumored to have been a haven for ne'er-do-wells during the golden age of piracy in the 16 and 1700s. The area was sparsely populated in those days and offered an abundance of natural resources for those who may have found respite there from pursuing naval vessels. On this island, in 1795, a group of young men discovered an unusual depression in the ground which seemed too regular to be natural. Inspired by the long-standing rumors of buried treasure, the young man began digging into what is arguably one of the greatest mysteries of modern times. Many groups have continued the excavation that those young men started in 1795, and each time coming across tantalizing pieces of evidence of what lays at the bottom of what has now become known as the money pit. Wooden platforms, coconut fibers, pieces of parchment, and a stone with mysterious symbols are only some of the items which have been uncovered in and around the almost 200 foot deep hole that has been dug on the island. What is left to be found? Ancient manuscripts? Lost royal jewels? Artifacts that could possibly rewrite the history of Western culture contact with the New World? This case file joined Braden, Zell, and Dan in the search for possible pirate booty in The Mystery of Oak Island. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 87. Hey, oh, he's back. Oh, yeah, back. he's back. Fun's yeah. over, guys. Back to work, you fucking slackers. God damn it. <laughs> the boss is back. <laughs> how, was, uh, how was Thailand? Thailand is always a good time. This trip, yes. this trip is a little more low key than my other couple Thailand trips, but and the main reason we went was for Byron's wedding. Actually, he's been pl- he's been planning this wedding in uh, in Thailand for two years because I guess nice. it's like well, it's not really halfway, but Australia and Canada, everyone just met there, so that was a time. The bachelor party was something. I feel el- like some, something. Else. I feel like when I lived in Thailand, that was all that I saw. There were Canadians and Australians. I was like, who lives in your country if you're all here? No one wants to. Everyone wants, wants to go party in Thailand nonstop. <laughs> it's true. No, it was awesome. I did. I did. Um, two, I did two or three. I did Hong Kong. I did Taiwan. Just how was Taiwan? How was that? Taiwan's really cool. Yeah, that was look, a cool picture. Yeah, they're just it's expensive, right? It's not a cheap, yeah, cheap Asian country. It's quite. Yeah. Uh, it's a, yeah, the teaching jobs over there are pretty nice, though. They probably pay you pretty well. If you went pay to Taiwan, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. Neat. What was uh what was the highlight? Oh, well the bachelor party was a great day. An absolutely awesome day. Like top top five parties of all time. I did some nice. I did some diving off of Koh Lanta in Thailand. I don't, I don't know if you went there. Oh yeah. Koh Lanta? I I yeah, I did a couple dives off there. Wicked. And some like sweet dives like through like a old like a chimney. You go like start at like five meters and you end up at like twenty five swimming down through this like cave the whole way. 
I love that shit. So that was pretty sweet. But yeah, it was more like like a relaxing luxury trip this time. It was great. I came back. Nice. I came back. I didn't get sick this time. I ate. I didn't eat street food every day, so I d- didn't get sick. Oh, okay. That's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'm just or maybe oh, I'm just used to it now because my third time. You're missing the whole experience if you. Do. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you don't come back with some type of parasite, I guess you didn't you didn't you didn't eat right. Yeah, were you even there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we'll get into some more of that in after hours. Let's get into some space news. Yes. Oh, oh, shit, first a lot off, of shit got been here. going on. Woo! Lots lot of, of stuff in space. We had a we had a big dry spell in space. Now everything seems to be popping off now. Yeah. Uh, Virgin Galactic achieved space on Spaceship 2 test flight. Uh, I watched the launch. It was pretty cool on December 13th. Virgin Galactic achieved a long-awaited milestone when its Spaceship 2 suborbital vehicle performed its highest test flight to date, exceeding one altitude often used as the boundary of space. So would you say that Virgin Galactic has attained climax? <laughs> <laughs> could you say that? I think you I, could. <laughs> I wish that's what it said. That needs to be a headline somewhere. Yeah. Virgin Galactic achieves, achieves climax. climax. <laughs> the, ed- yes. the, the edge of space is just now referred to, for, referred to as the climax. The climax. <laughs> <laughs> Forever I wish- and always. I wish one day to achieve climax. We all w- wish to achieve it one day uh, or another. I it, it pretty much rules my life the thought of climax. <laughs> it's a con- multiple con- climax. Constant thought. Multiple yeah. and sustainable climax. Yeah. Now, this wasn't uh without controversy because uh let me pull up the other article I had criticized uh dead end tech. They're like it was really just a high altitude flight, not so much space. Um, a lot of the critics were saying about Richard Bronson's Virgin Galactic space flight. So, so critics are saying, well, the edge of space isn't space, motherfucker. So. <laughs> yeah, like what What? What was it? 80 kilometers or something up? Yeah, it's 80, 82. 2,000 meters. Okay, so 82K up. and Like, what's the ISS? Like 200, 300 kilometers up? Something like that. Like, it's... It says it's like... The critics said, well, it's great. Like, it hits the edge of space, but then it begins to fall. So, like... It's just a... It's just a really high-altitude, dangerous plane ride. Well, technically, (laughs) if it... Anything that's in Earth's orbit is always falling. So is yeah. it like, oh, space is only where there's no gravity or you escape Earth's gravity? Is that I, I would say that's you know? my that's my threshold is if you're getting pulled back down to Earth. Yeah, you didn't quite make it. You didn't quite make it. You didn't go full climax. Okay, so so the only people who have made it to space are people who have been to the moon. Well, uh, it, what about the ISS? Like that's that's up there. Okay, the ISS well, it's technically is- it's still in Earth's orbit though. It's still falling. Uh, just not it doesn't fall like well it, it stays up though doesn't well, that's how no but that's how gravity well it's falling and then like it just keeps falling that's well that's how gravity works it, it doesn't lose <laughs> it's, it's not losing altitude yeah it's 
It's not coming. It's not diving back into the atmosphere and having to be put up again. Yeah, that's my. Uh... So we so Virgin Galactic has not achieved climax. It's achieved three quarter climax. It's quite. It's it's it, got blue balls. Let's just say it, it teased teased the climax. Tickled the it's climax. edging. Yeah, it's, it's edging. edging. <laughs> <laughs> edging climax edging climax didn't oh, quite get there still cool though but it seems yeah not quite space that one star review is coming back to me of someone calling us children <laughs> <laughs> um hey children shouldn't be talking about climax <laughs> yeah i'll say oh that. so i uh, i think this is last week now when is this um uh, no no this is yeah last week Voyager 2 became the second human-made object to reach interstellar space. That's the only thing that's actually made it into space. Uh, I thought we talked about that. I oh, I think we talked we about, about the it. other it was, one. It was almost first. it was almost about to go out when yeah, we talked about it's, it. Uh, she gone. She gone. She gone. So out of the it's, he, uh, out, of, out of the heliosphere, it's, it's gone. Yeah, it's dark. Go- it's in yeah, it's it's gone. It's into the darkness. Lonely little space robot. That was some a little bit of stasis. Yeah. Oh, I had two of the same article. What else got? Oh, if you're still ex- sp- excited about Space Force, well fucking hang on to your hat. Space Force Donald Donald Trump plans to create Space Command. Oh my god. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Separate from the Space Force, in next year in 2019, Space Command will be a mili- major military command that, you guessed it, commands all of space. <laughs> <laughs> and when he signs that thing, I, I need to read that because that is, to put that into words has to be amazing. So wait, you got, now you got you got Space Force and then you have... Space Command commanding Space Force, but also all of space. Just space, just space. Just space in general. Well, they also have a Cyber Command, and that commands all of cyberspace. So <laughs> We okay. got all the spaces covered. All the space. But, little known fact, the U.S. Space Command actually had pre-existed from 1985 to 2002 but it was disbanded in the aftermath of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. So the U.S. Northern Command could be established and focus on defense of the homeland. And now we've taken the war on drugs to the war on terrorism to the war on space. Space drugs. <laughs> space Command. Oh, wow. Fight all those space drugs. I fucking love it. It's great. It's so great. Space God, the command. times we live in. Yeah. Amazing. We've got phones that you can video call people, and we don't have flying cars, but we've got space commands. Astronomers have just found a ninth planet. And fuck Pluto. It's three times as far away as Pluto. It's the most distant body ever spotted orbiting our sun. What? Nibiru? That's great. Yeah, Planet X. Oh, it's far out. That's all it says. Uh, The tiny planet called 2018 VG18, later nicknamed Far Out. So we have a planet, (laughs) Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Far Out. (laughs) 
Other planets. Um, was it? Uh, it was spotted was it? by the Japanese Subaru Subaru <laughs> telescope yeah. in Hawaii on November tenth. So, so what? Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Jerry Smith. <laughs> it wasn't. Jer- wasn't Pluto Earth, is not. Wasn't Earth's great Pluto scientist? Not a, no, he did not find that. Oh. But so cool. So uh, if you're in middle school today, you can keep those textbooks because they're right. Once again, just cross up Pluto and write far out. Far out. So it's, they're actually classifying it as a planet and not some type of like subplanet. They're or... calling nope. They're calling it a dwarf planet. So it's big enough to be. Well, Pluto's a dwarf planet, isn't that what they call it? It's not technically a planet; it's a dwarf planet. Um, Old planet. <laughs> either way, okay. no, it's not a planet now. I don't think. I don't think dwarf. it's any kind of planet, dwarf or not. And just come on, let's call it. We like to call them little planets. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> be correct here. Um. The NASA's Parker Solar Probe had to fly pretty damn fast, but it's taken the closest picture of the sun we've ever seen. Awesome. Um, as you uh, can guess, it's a uh, fucking blurry-ass orange photo. It's <laughs> for sure. Wow. Cool. I got something cool here. What's up? China launches first ever mission to the moon's far side oh yeah yeah so back in like 2000 and was that 2010 they had the chang 3 spacecraft and it ended up succumbing to the the temp the temperature differential on the moon as it was orbiting but chang 4 is an upgraded version and it's going to land on the dark side or the far side in one of the largest craters it's good it's it's orbiting the moon right now as we speak and it's going to land sometime to end of December or early January and it's taking a bunch of pictures and it's pretty cool. Unmanned, obviously. Planning the China China flag on the other side. Yeah. Checking out those alien bases on the far side. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I read they're going to, they were going to confirm the, uh, the, the U S moon landing as well. I bet they would. It's something they would do. Well, while it's while it's orbiting, I guess you could take pictures, and if you could zoom in far Dude, enough. Dude, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know what they could go up there and do just to fuck with people? Just get rid of the like. If there is, if they you go up there and there's a flag up there, just get rid of it and be like, "There's no flag here." <laughs> just fuck with people. <laughs> now China owns the moon. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. They'd be like, "There's no. We have found no evidence of the United States on the moon." Could you China's imagine? Gonna... <laughs> even if, even if there that was just a bold faced lie. Could you yeah. imagine? People would lose their fucking minds. <laughs> China's going to buy up all the moon property and price everybody out of the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody right, gets uh, to live on the moon. <laughs> any any other space news? Uh, um, NASA NASA just reported that they are ready. They're getting ready to go back to the moon and they're taking uh, sustainable structures with them this time. Oh, that's cool. Believe it when we see it. So what does that oh. mean? Tents? Yes. Space tents. Space tents? Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll see NASA. Um, all right. Well, Ryan, uh, so let's fire up the Randomatron X3. All right. See what it spits out here. And we're thinking at it right now. Abduction. <laughs> 
production. Damn. This was uh, submitted. This was written by CCX Kitty. Alien abduction experience I had during my first year at uni. I haven't really shared this with many people. And when it happened, I wrote down the date in my diary. I had people refer to this as an astral abduction. November 27th, 2017. They wrote the date wrong. They wrote November 27th slash 11 slash 2017. So a little redundant, but okay. Come on. So basically, when I started my first year at uni, I lived on the campus in my dorm room and moved in around late September. Uni life was going normal and fine, but around the last week of November, I started feeling really hazy in reality, and my phone and my laptop would randomly start acting up. A couple of days before the incident, I remember being woken up during the middle of a night by a huge blinding light, and I got out of bed to open the curtains to see that it was broad daylight, and my window which usually faced the courtyard of my dorm room halls, was on the opposite side, facing the road that leads to the forest. My uni is in the countryside. Being weird enough as it is, I looked up at the sky to see a cube-shaped UFO hover a bit above the trees before fading from sight. I blacked out after that, and woke up in bed in the actual morning. I brushed it off as being a weird dream. The day after that, when I was walking around campus, I kept seeing alien imagery, although really mundane circumstances. Example, alien headprints on a girl's backpack, stuff like that. Then I remember walking to my morning lecture, which was on documentaries, I study film, and the one film they decided to screen happened to be about alien abductees. I remember getting really weird feelings the whole time watching it, and I kept thinking about leaving the lecture early because I was uncomfortable for some odd reason. After the lecture finished, I was walking back to my dorm with a friend from my course. We'll call her Agnes. And since the both of us were tired we decided to meet up later and go back to our rooms for a quick nap. When I entered my dorm room, I changed into a t-shirt and went to bed and fell asleep almost instantly. And then it happened. I entered a hyper-realistic dream where I found myself walking across my uni campus to get to the main square, but the whole place felt off and eerily empty except for the fact that I saw two of my friends sitting on one of the benches outside the library. Since I recognized them, I started to walk towards them, but I noticed that the sides of my vision started to blur with a soft white edge, and as I got right up close to them, the scenery changed into a strange white-tiled room. My friend Jay and T had a weird pallid expression on their face. 
It seemed really artificial. T turned to me and says, Oh, hey. Jay looks me dead in the eye and asks, Aren't you psychic? <laughs> Note, I I do actually practice divination. Psychic? When he divination. Says, divination? I don't fucking know. When he says the word psychic, his voice distorts, and it actually hurt my head a little. I turned to both of them and said, yeah, I mean, I guess I am. Why? And then out of nowhere, I'm hit with an excruciating pain that starts between my eyebrows and expands to the middle of my forehead. Before I know it, I've been, I'm becoming blind. I kept screaming at them to help me and that I can't see. Before I go fully blind, I saw their forms distort and change into some tall, pale, humanoid beings, all in the space of two seconds. And then suddenly, I see a blue light, the brightest light I've ever witnessed, appear in front of me that starts as a small hole and expands to my whole vision. I start to really freak the fuck out and kept trying to force myself to wake up, but it seemed that no matter how hard I tried, none of my attempts were working. So I eventually gave in to the light and got immediately zapped through it and felt the pain travel through my forehead like a continuous rope, if that makes sense. Then I began to hear a humming that got louder and eventually boomed into a deep bass sound that went backwards and forwards like a wave. I could see the galaxy all around me and it felt like my body was going to be torn apart by the vibrations. I then noticed a crown of massive beings, blue in color but transparent enough for me to make out the stars behind them. They had huge heads, and all of them had a ray of blue light emanating from their foreheads, and it traveled into mine. It felt like I was being downloaded information into my brain through that light, but the whole thing was so sudden, I couldn't bring myself to stop freaking out, and I remember trying to tell myself to wake up. Eventually, I was so resistant toward them, I felt a sudden drop, and my vision shifted into me being inside a red-tiled room. It was completely empty, but there was water dripping from the walls. I kept running around the room in a panic, slapping my body to wake up, and after what seemed like forever, I finally did. When I opened my eyes, it felt like I had fallen to earth. My head was dizzy and my vibrations low. To snap myself out of it and get back into reality, I decided to check for text messages on my phone, except for the fact that when I pressed the home button, the entire screen was transparent and there was a rainbow fuzz across the screen, kind of like a no-signal white noise fuzz you see on TV. Being completely creeped out, I ran to, the, to open my wardrobe to look at myself in the mirror inside the door, but it was the same thing, transparent with a rainbow fuzz. I then immediately ran towards my bathroom and splashed water on my face for about two minutes. And when I looked up into the mirror above the sink, everything was normal again. I was so relieved, but I was way too creeped out to stay in my dorm any longer. So I quickly got dressed and got the fuck out of there. When I was on my way to the uni cafe to get some coffee to sort of ground myself, I bumped into my friend Agnes from earlier, who had also went to her dorm to take a nap. She told me, I just had the creepiest dreams and ran towards me. When I asked her what happened, she told me that she had a dream about two men dressed in black suits and dark sunglasses. 
were walking around our uni campus looking for me, and she said that they were walking around the library in her dream. She made eye contact with them, and she experienced a weird vibrational fuzz that made her head head hurt, sort of similar to what I had. I then told her what had happened to me, and for shits and gigs, we decided to go around the library looking for them as an attempt to calm ourselves down. The moment both of us walked in the library, we got a headache and felt sick. And it was as if something was drawing us to get to the second floor in the silent independent study section. While we were walking up the stairs, both of us felt heavier and heavier like the, a force that was pushing us down. When we walked into the study room through the narrow shelves of books, I got a mixture of mild panic attack and deja vu. I felt like I was floating and my friend Agnes said that she felt like there was someone behind one of the bookshelf aisles. We both ran out of there and outside the library to get away from whatever the hell was causing us these weird feelings. When we were sitting down in the square, Agnes suggested that the long bookshelf aisles, aisles triggered a memory of me subconsciously of those long, narrow corridors you typically see in UFOs. And that moment she said that it was if my body clicked and kept going, yes, yes, I don't understand what that means. Nevertheless, for the whole day, it felt like we were being stalked by someone. And I absolutely swear to you, at one point throughout the day, we saw a pair of two men walking around the uni dressed in a suit, hat, and sunglasses. They kept looking up and down and over their shoulders as if looking for someone. We couldn't handle it anymore. And we just spent the rest of the day in her dorm room because how freaky everything was. We kept staying over at each other's dorm rooms for a whole week to sleep next to each other because neither of us felt safe. That's hmm. it. That was a long one. Alien. Yeah, that was a long one. Jesus. When I, first, really when I first opened it, it wasn't as long. I was like, oh, that's a pretty long. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, oh a lot of people have a lot of strange experiences at uni. So, I mean, yeah. There was I didn't hear any accounts. I blacked of out. I blacked out more than once. <laughs> was there? Did, uh, yeah. did she have missing time? Well, it doesn't really say in the sense that she went to sleep. So, she like from the time she laid down to the time she got up is technically unaccounted for. <laughs> it's like every night you go to sleep. Yeah, I got. Uh, hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> got about eight hours every night. That's unaccounted for. <laughs> every night I have missing time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I go to sleep and it's dark outside, and I wake up and it's light. Whoa! Oh my god! I fucking wish I had that, man. I go to bed, it's dark. <laughs> I wake up, it's dark. Oh, it's you're good. Then dark. you don't have any missing time. Yeah, you're good. It sounds it sounds definitely strange, but it could be just the shock of just uh, living in a new place, sleeping in a new bed that you're not, you know, used to. Drugs. That that too. <laughs> there is quite a healthy drug culture <laughs> at uh, North American universities. I'm pretty oh. sure. Oh yeah. Um. So oh, that oh that could have contributed. And there's a lot of stuff. Substances could be uh could be abused. And have uh, effects, or she's being, or she's being taken. Who knows? But that too. Astral, astral abduction. That's a new one. I haven't really astral abduction. Yes, astral abduction. Hmm. If these beings are interdimensional and they're not really, maybe they can infiltrate your dreams. And I don't know where I'm going with that. (laughs) 
<laughs> they can do something. It's good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oak Island, baby. Everyone's favorite mystery. Everyone's favorite mystery. The best. One of the last, I would say, one of the last unsol- real unsolved mysteries of modern times. And it, unsolved in the fact that so many people have tried. <laughs> like, right. the list is huge of how many different companies and, like, people have tried since, like, 1795. Right. And but they fucking- keep finding things. Like, little, not, like, big things. But I'm saying, like, they keep finding, like, little stuff that keeps them going. And that's... I think that's kind of crazy that they just keep finding things. Yeah, it's not that big. <laughs> Small island. It's a hundred. It's a hundred and forty acres. Like that's like it's that's big, but it's not, not that. that big. People have been finding stuff for like a couple hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. It's because so, they keep digging. I mean, it's a hundred forty acres square square acres, but you know, you still have the under, everything they're looking for is underground. So I don't know how many cubic. How that would translate into cubic acres? <laughs> Divide by the depth or times by the depth. So how how deep how deep we going? Ninety. Uh, a hundred. Uh, one. I think the furthest they got was like one hundred and eighty-three feet. I think it's one hundred and eighty-three. Right, that's to the bedrock, but then the water filled up the tunnels. So, right. Well, water started. Oh, okay. Uh, one hundred and seventy-six was the farthest that I found that they got. Right. Uh, at least 100 at least one person dug out down to 176 uh 176 feet down the water started flooding at about 100 feet okay well so I, I don't know a lot about this one so someone take me back someone take me back from the the start of this mystery till present day because everyone knows about this the show the mystery of oak island right. and some right. of the stuff the that curse they found, of oak but- island which i watched a bunch of episodes when i was in thailand because it was the only thing on tv <laughs> But um, so, yeah, the hype around the that particular island started probably around the 1650s and 1730s, which was the golden age of piracy. Um, there weren't a lot of European settlements around that area uh, in Nova Scotia. And Oak Island apparently made a popular stop for pirates who were coming from colonial Boston uh, due to the Boston, ba- Boston, Boston. Boston. Is it Baston? Baston? It's wicked. Boston. I know this. Khakis. Hold on, I gotta go. Khakis. Wicked cool. Wicked cool. Khakis. Baston. And I'm sure that's what the pirates sounded like when they came from Boston. Um, but Oak Island was fairly popular due to its abundance of natural resources and untouched land. So there was nobody there. So there, you know, it'd be a nice place to hide your booty as well. Hide your booty. Um, booty. Ladies don't hide your booties. Where, where is uh, Oak Island? Off the coast of Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Uh, Whereabouts? Is there a, what's, what's the body of water it's in? uh, Atlantic Ocean. But isn't there like a, a smaller area that's called? Oh, there it is. Mahone Bay it's in. Mahone, Mahone Bay. Bay. Um, and just a little uh, throwback to our uh, sea serpents that are going <clears> to <throat> pop up in ATT Confidential on Patreon. There may be a lake monster there called the Mahone Apogo. Get Let's out. 
Mahone Pogo. <laughs> There's so many Pogos. Oh, you yeah, have to listen to that I, yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to that one yet, so I, I so can't So many wait. goddamn Pogos. <laughs> yeah, Pogos it's, everywhere. It's, there's Canada's home of the Pogos. Um, but anyways, so Dan, sorry to interrupt with my... No, that's fine. The, um, the actual thought of a treasure being buried on the island didn't come around until about 1795. And that was when a... Well, reports vary whether it was a teenage boy or a fully grown man, but uh, it's pretty much the name was Daniel McGinnis. And Daniel McGinnis uh, reported later that he had seen lights flashing on that distant island uh, off of Nova Scotia. And so he went to the island to go and explore because that's what you do when you see flashing lights. You want to go look and see what's there. And when he got onto the island, he found a small little area where he noticed there. Well, here it kind of differs. Uh, some say that he found like a large circular depression in the island's ground, uh, signaling that something could have been buried there. And there's also mentioned that him and two of his friends that he brought with him found a what looked to be like the remains of like a rope and pulley system from a ship's uh, like from a sail ship that looked like that it had been placed near a tree where they could have lowered something into the ground uh, next to that tree. So they figured something was buried there. And because they knew about the kind of pirate legacy that this island had had, they decided to start digging. So McGinnis and two of his friends that he brought with him uh, said, started digging in this hole. And when they got down to about 10 feet, they said they found oak timber platform, the first one. Because they dug another 10 feet and they found another one and they dug another 10 feet and they found another one all the way down to about 30 feet. And this is where they realized, because when you're in a 30 foot hole, I, I think you and you still want to go further. You think that maybe we should be doing this with more than just our shovels and buckets because that's what, that's what they were using. That's crazy that they dug 30 feet with shovels. Right? That, yeah. That's unbelievable. How long were they at this fucking hole digging? You had to be doing. I, I don't know. It's not clear on the the time span of like how long they kept working there. But Let me tell you just, something. There was no like. What year was this? This was like seventeen, like okay. late seventeen hundreds. What What the fuck else are you gonna do, Zell? Well, I'm saying you can. What else you got to do during the day? Think Think about thirty. Think about thirty feet. A three story house. You're digging in a, th- a pit three stories down, so and far. you're shoveling dirt up like a three guys yeah just like hand tools like shovels Here, and pickaxes a lot like, of dirt and think of the ro- t- the rocks you'd find on the way down this oh, that'd be a hard dig i'm telling you right now the three of us you put us in the woods and we find a depression and we have no like no modern technologies and we're just living out in the woods and stuff and you're like hey look this depression like you guys want to dig and we're like yeah sure let's see if there's something there and we find like a plank I would stop at like 10 feet. I'm telling you, we'd be so <laughs> bored. You'd be like, hey, you guys want to go work on that hole? Like, sure, I guess. <laughs> what else we dig that hole? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. We're not getting down 30 feet, but we're, we, we would try. I think we'd get 10 feet and we'd give up. 30 feet. 30 yeah, feet I guess maybe deep. it's not like a... I, I don't know how wide it was. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I don't know exactly how wide it was because maybe if they got 30 feet down... Because I'm picturing just like a 30-foot hole, you know? Like maybe 10... 10, 15 feet at the top, and then just like straight down. That's what I'm thinking. Well, like those kind of holes Which are is, hard to dig because 
Like they right. have tendencies to slough in on themselves. So you usually have to dig like yeah. with a huge angle to get down so deep. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking, but maybe it, it was, that's what I keep picturing in my head, but I'm not a professional excavator, so I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, when they got down to 30 feet, they said that, the, well, uh, we're going to need better equipment for this. And also, uh, some people said that they had an overwhelming fear or uh, uncomfortable feeling when they got to about 30 feet. So it made them kind of stop for a minute, which is a little bit strange. Um, of course, if I dug down 30 feet, I'd probably start feeling strange about digging 30 feet. You're in a fucking I'm 30 feet huge underground. hole. Yeah. <laughs> That's creepy. Um if you've ever been in a 30 foot, I mean, just like going into a cave, you feel weird. Like 10 feet underground feels weird. So 30 feet, I can't imagine. Whatever it is. It's impressive that they did it. Just, it's crazy. Right. So um, they returned the next year and several times after that uh, because it became kind of an obsession. But they said that uh, they could never get past. They got they got farther than 30 feet. They got down to at least 108 feet, but they couldn't go any farther because whenever they hit that mark of about 100 feet, water would fill in the pit and they couldn't figure out how the water was getting in there. So there is this kind of rumor that is if you've looked into Oak Island, there's this kind of rumor that kind of floats around what they labeled the money pit. This, this hole that they were digging down to find whatever's at the bottom. And the rumor was or there's a curse on the money pit on Oak Island saying that uh, to find whatever's at the bottom, seven people have to die. It's Ooh. kind of a super creepy. I've read um, that. Is that where is that from? Is that just like a local legend that developed after this was found or like yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody has completely nailed down where it came from. Just it just kind of pop it popped up uh, when people started digging. I think more and pe- more and more people started digging around there, but nobody knows ex- a definite source about where it came from, which makes it even which makes it less reliable or more creepy or both. <laughs> it probably came around because people actually ended up did dying digging this thing right six right. six people did die so after six people someone's like you know it'd be cool we started this cool this cool uh no motherfucker fat probably found a coin or something right the first person the first person who died was in 1861 and that guy was scalded to death by an exploding boiler which they were using for steam powered uh oh equipment. damn that's a bad way to go yeah scalding to death is not a way that you'd want to go yeah. Oh, because they're, they're probably using steam power to pump out the water out of the hole, probably. Yeah, or the power of the drills, even. True. Like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So yeah, manning those eighteen those mid eighteen hundred boilers is just like death sentence. I feel oh, like man, yeah, a lot of pressure of boiling boiling water. I worked. At, I mean, when I was in the navy. I worked near high pressure stuff, and I still felt like even like these really high pressure pipes that were like it, you know several you know tens of feet thick or whatever and just terrifying to like be around high pressure steam so i can't imagine being scalded to death would not be fun oh so that same year of 1861 uh, brought around the formation of the oak island association which was made up of a bunch of treasure hunters and they tried to find a new way to secure the treasure what these guys thought up was that they would dig two holes on either side of the original hole um which was excavated good idea (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we need two more holes. And well, the two holes. What the idea was is that they would dig the two holes, and they would be able to intercept the channels that were bringing the water into the hole. Oh, so that was the idea. Because yeah. and so if they were able to stop the water coming into the hole, then they could dig farther. And you can go into the original hole. Right. They could go back into the original hole, pump out the water, and and, yeah. and it would be okay. It would stop filling back up with water. Well, one of the holes missed the channel or appeared to miss the channel. And then the second one seemed to be working. But then when they dug a little bit further, um, water still got into it. <laughs> and Fail. so they still couldn't do anything about it. So they weren't they still weren't sure about where the water was coming from. Um, so between night, this, this is like 1861, like 1862, um, between then and today, <laughs> there was one company. There has been multiple excavation teams that have gone into this. The, the property has changed hands um uh, a couple of times, a number of times, uh, like the digging rights. Uh, there's been a lot of kind of, uh, especially in the, in the last like 30 years, there's been a lot of kind of, um, changing of hands of the property and, and the digging rights. And so a lot of people have done a lot of things and, and tried a lot of different tactics that's about to get down there. So one company tried to, um, they managed to dump red paint, into the into one of the holes and they found like at least three exits on the island so they dumped the red paint in and they kind of just went around the island to see where the red paint came out and they said that they found like three exits or three holes about where the water was draining in or draining out of the hole now is this where the, is, kinda, is this where the theory connects that they think that these water avenues that's getting into the pipe or into the pit is this where they think that's like a booby trap and it was meant to, as they drill, drilled down, was to break and actually filled with water on purpose? They, some, I, I came across that theory that these were actually like booby trap. Right. Yeah. Um, w- one of the one of the digs was reported to have found a a, a stone in the uh, inside. This is one of the actual kind of that people kind of cite as evidence that there's something down there because they found a stone, which had strange inscriptions on it. And this one, they said that when they pulled it out, that's when the, the hole started filling with water. So people said that, Oh, this is a, that was a booby trap. This was intentional that you get down to a certain point and then the water just fills in. So that way you can't dig any further. That's, it seems so weird that because they cite this like rectangular like rock with weird inscriptions, which they somehow translated to 20 feet down. There's two, there's 2000 pounds of, of treasure or something, but there is no picture and there's no evidence that this thing ever even existed. It's disappeared. Right. It's mostly, it, it disappeared. Uh, I think they had some, they had some transcriptions of it that made around, but yeah, it's gone. Like nobody, somebody says they have found it, but nobody really knows where it is. Like one of the original, I think one of the original owners or the original possessors of the stone said they found it, but they won't release it or they won't tell anybody where it is. So it's kind of one of those. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those mysteries um, that could be easily solved. But 
uh, yeah, when they found that stone originally, um, this is what brought about the idea that it was booby trapped. So this makes people even want to dig even further. Like they makes them want to dig even more. So if you know these are booby traps, what's we, really down? We there, have you know? to keep going. We have to keep going. And I kind of that's the that's the kind of thing that I find amazing about this whole dig is that they keep finding things that keep making them want to go. And whether it's people just overinflating stuff or or misinterpreting things, because these those the flooding could be explained by by sinkholes, because the the island apparently is very naturally sinkhole prone. There's lots of just like, I guess the rock underneath is. I think someone said it was like Swiss cheese. So there's like there's a bunch of holes in it everywhere. Mm-hmm. So people can you know water could fill in anyways. It's not a great place to dig, and it's not a place where you'd want to do that stuff anyways, because it would flood naturally. So, but they keep finding things there. So anyways, we already mentioned that there was one death. Well, then the next couple deaths occurred in uh, 1965, where Robert Restall uh, was excavating the island with his son and and a a small team that he was funding. And they ended up hitting a pocket of hydrogen sulfide, which released uh, when the fumes were released. Ristall and a number of his team passed out. Ristall's stun went in after him to try and get him out uh, with three other team members, and only one worker came, managed to come back alive. So Jesus. that was five people down there died on that single time. So that's six. So you have the one more death, according to local Un- legend. Anyways. Unlocks the treasure. Unlocks the treasure. So, you know. Human sacrifice solves a lot of problems, according to uh, Oak Island legend and, I guess, Aztec lore. <laughs> All right. So what are some of the things that people have found that make them keep digging through this fucking hole? Through this fucking Yeah, well, they they found things. People found, well, number one, it was the wood planks. They found these wood planks uh, at multiple levels, and, uh, like, they keep, the further they dig, they still keep running into uh, wood wooden planks made from wood that uh, the material they identified from the wood doesn't look like some of it's even native. And they found, uh, of course, they found the stone, which had the writings on it, which they translated to the mystery. It was like uh, to, underneath here is two million pounds of such and such, whatever. It doesn't say what it's what's down there. It just people said they translated it to say just two million pounds lays buried here. Um, and also the, what they found was, um, uh, coconut fibers at a number of levels, like a couple of levels. They said, yeah, they found coconut fibers and coconut fibers are coconuts are not native to Nova Scotia. So (laughs) in case you didn't know, are not native anywhere in Canada. I'll tell you that much, let alone Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia. So they found uh, also in the 1960 or sorry, the late 1990s, uh, a local metal detector hobby has found a, a number, an actual hoard, I guess enough coins to be called. I don't know. I actually, you know what? I don't know how many coins uh, constitutes a hoard, but he found <laughs> yeah. a hoard of Carthaginian coins uh, near Lo- Lo- Oak Island. And these were authenticated. Um, 
by Dr. George Burden of the Royal Canadian Geographical Society. And he said that these are Carthagin, these are Carthaginian coins. And that if there were that some people theorize that this is evidence that uh, Roman ships or at least like maybe Carthaginian ships under the command of Romans, since Romans weren't great shipbuilders or sailors, um, made it to the new world. I could see that. happening. I could see that happening. Right. When the Vikings came for sure. They know that. Right. They they definitely, I mean, yeah, this opens the door to, to theories of what's what's down there. So some people say that, okay, maybe there'll be evidence of, or at least more evidence of pre-Columbian uh, settlement here in, the, in North America. So we definitely, the history of that is definitely, we know that Vikings uh, had a settlement, a semi-permanent settlement in Greenland, like at least that far. Um, Newfoundland too. Uh, yeah, and they found they found evidence of Viking, you know, Viking settlements all along that coast. So that's not that's accepted fact. But um, mainstream science does not really take to the idea of anyone before the uh, before Vikings. So even kind of like positing that it was Romans or greeks or phoenicians even some people would say is mainstream science would be like, no they automatically shut you down and they don't scoff they don't scoff wanna... at you <laughs> right they scoff you out of their offices scoff 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 so that's one of the theories is that it was that you can find these things well another fact another um, piece of evidence that also backs up for the the Roman evidence is they actually found, and this was this was a find that was actually discovered during the shooting of the show Curse of Oak Island, and they found an actual Roman sword. That's pretty cool. There, right? And so, if this they dated the sword, they said that they dated the sword and they used X-ray fluorescence analyzer to confirm that the composition of the metal in the sword matches that of uh, Roman swords that were used around. uh, Well, they said that this this certain sword or the makeup of the sword is similar, if not identical to the types of the makeup of swords that were used during the Iberian campaigns or incursions into Iberia. Where'd they find this sword in the pit? Uh, they found this one off the east coast of Canada, so near oh. the area, not in oh, the near pit. The, okay, okay. So I was like, "How the fuck did a sword get to the bottom of this pit?" Right, not <laughs> in the pit, but but around that area. So that was that's kind of a people are saying that this is definite evidence that there were Romans there before uh, before Vikings. Well, right? it, and perhaps you, this pit has something it, to do with it. You could say it that. If there was pirates in the area, maybe they had come across some of these ancient weapons on some, you know, somewhere along their travels and left them. It doesn't, I guess, doesn't really yeah. mean that it was Romans that did it because if just one sword doesn't, I guess, doesn't say it. But I guess it makes it plausible. I would, to me, it, it would seem like someone had taken that as an artifact from from somewhere else. You think you, you know, where there's one sword, you'll find some other artifacts of similar nature, right? And the sh- yeah, I, the show, I would think the show so too that you'd find more stuff. 
Yeah, the show is still coming. <laughs> when I first looked at I think that, it's on like its sixth season now. It's on like its sixth season. Fifth, fifth, or, or, fifth or something. I looked at I was like, how did they make so many episodes of the show? <laughs> what, yeah, I, that's what I thought. I thought it would be three seasons and they'd be like done. But no, they're, they're still going. I thought it was like one, six, uh, six one season. Six seasons in a movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those guys, the the Lagina brothers um, that are the headliners for the show, I mean, they're I think they're pretty locked into it. And and since they're getting funding from the History Channel, like, I think they're just going to keep doing it because most of the people who have dug in the money pit, like they kept going until they just ran out of money. Right. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't something that physically stopped them where they just thought, oh, no, like. Uh, there's nothing here. They stopped believing what it was, but I guess at some point it's just like, you got to, you know, I guess if you're digging that far, you get to a point where you just like, got to keep going, you know? So well, now, or you're like, we haven't found anything. So we got to throw something in the hole and then find it. So we looked like we found something. See, that could happen, but they've <laughs> like, but the things that they did find, it's just like, what they find in the hole, like actually in the money pit, what have they found? Well, they found a piece of parchment uh, that they pulled out of the actual hole. And this piece of, par- piece of parchment had something written on it that looked like V-I or W-I. Uh, so some people said that that could have, um, like a piece of parchment that could have been in. It's only a piece, though. You know, it's not like a whole thing. Tiny little piece. So they found something. Um, there is one company that lowered, they lowered video cameras or they lowered photographic equipment. Uh, into one of the holes that they dug. And they said that they saw from the photos uh, chess, what looked like wooden chess, and also a hand that had been severed at the wrist. But the picture photos aren't that great. And I believe they're also confidential. And, you know, yeah. So it's like, yeah. But then and then that area that they lured the camera into uh, also flooded or caved in. So there's that. <laughs> right it's so it's the fact that people just find things and it's just like there's little bits and pieces of things um but that also they found in the area they found crossbow bolts uh and now these crossbow bolts that they found in a in a piece of wood there uh these were tested by a u.s military weapons testing lab and they showed that these bolts uh were from iberia and iberia is the area in europe which is like spain basically right most of spain and like part of france and this this one was found during the show as well and the laginas said that they um when they contacted an expert at a major u.s university about these bolts uh, they got the response of uh well they they kind of quoted as saying do not use our name do not involve us in this. Do not name the university. Do not even tell anybody you sent these to me. These are dangerous. They are dangerous to my profession. I don't want to be involved in any way. And I, you know what? I actually remember that part in the show. <laughs> that was in one of the episodes that I saw. And because of some bolts? Because of some crossbow bolts. Because it would it would challenge the, the idea of I, if you had these things like – the bolts were embedded in wood, so that meant that that if they were embedded in the wood, that means that they grew the they had been fired into the tree, and then the tree grew around these crossbow bolts the way that they were embedded in the wood. So that, that was the, so they had been there for a really long time. So those trees must have been 
fucking damn big. <laughs> if yeah, if, like that. How long would the, how long would it have been? Like five hundred years. Well, um, it would probably be like if it were Roman. Like if it were Roman, they, the where they dated the sword that they found, that one would have been like eight hundred years before. Um, so probably around the two hundred AD. Jesus. So it's yeah, eight, eight, yeah, 800 years before, 800 years before the Vikings. The Vikings, the Viking settlements are dated to about 1000 AD. Jesus. So, okay. I just want to go back quick, quickly. Cause you said that one camera crew, this was back like 40 years ago, right? That they found that they said they found or seen treasure chests in a, a hand, like a body down there. Yeah. Yeah. But in, I, in the first two, I only watched the first two episodes of the show and they actually found bones in the pit, not, not in the money pit. They drilled a pit beside called like X10. They called the X10 pit. And it, right. Yeah. And it was actual like they actually professionally dug it and encased it with like old rail like rail car bodies. So like big huge mm-hmm. pipes. So they found they actually found the bones in that pit. I never found out were they, were they end up being human bones or like it was so if they were human bones and the people from like yeah, the I 70s I think would I, have been justified yeah. in what they said they seen. Yeah, I can't remember if that was in one of the episodes too. Like that was one of the mysteries. Like, what about these bones? And they ended up dating them to be like, no, these are animal bones. And um, if they were peeper bones, like it could have been, you know, if you're digging these giant holes, I would assume that maybe somebody could have fell fell in one, you know, in between the, you know, you're saying that they were buried there. Like they weren't in one of the holes, right? They weren't in one of the holes that had already been dug. No, they were the bones came out of the hole ten X, which is the hole dug but one one of the holes dug beside the main money pit. Right. That's where these little bones they look they kinda look like finger bones, maybe. Uh huh. Or chicken legs. I don't know. Hard, yeah. hard to tell. Yeah. I think I think I remember seeing that one and they were like, Oh no, these are these are not human bones. So the people so the people from the seventies aren't justified in saying that they seen a body down there with treasure chests. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't believe that. Like, yeah, that was in the seventies. That was the, well, the seventies was when the Triton Alliance was formed. And so from 1970 to about like 2005, like the Triton Alliance are like three guys that kind of worked together. And then they also ended up having a falling out. But um, yeah, when they lowered the video camera down there, that they're the ones that claimed that they had recorded an image of what looked like a human hand and maybe human bodies holding what looked like chess, treasure chests or something like that. But um, I can't, like, I can't, I can't put my money behind that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, I want it to be pirate treasure so bad. Like I really do. What's key. What's the one I had, I, I can't find the link now, but I read somewhere that someone believed the pit was uh, used to hide the, manuscripts of would implicate that Francis Bacon was actually the author of William Shakespeare's works. It's the stupidest theory I've ever heard. I was like, <laughs> I was like some fucking pit in Nova Scotia. Right. And then why would you dig it like more than a hundred feet to hide some books? Like, why don't, why don't you just burn them? Like, where, wouldn't that be the yeah. thing to do? <laughs> where does that e- theory even come from? Where, where's the what's, connection point? What's the point best there? way to get rid of these manuscripts? Let's bury them. Wait, can we just burn them? No, bury them. Where, where are you going to bury them? 
we f- we found this new land called Nova Scotia, and we're gonna <laughs> sail there. We're gonna find a little island, and we're gonna dig a big pit. You're like, oh yeah, that's good. Sounds idea. like a great idea. But no, but where does that theory come from? Why does someone make that connection? Like, you just pull it out of the thin air. Um, like I read that and I was like, okay, well, is there like, did they find like a piece of writing that was like Shakespeare or something there? Like where? I guess they'd have to, you, we'd have to read the book, uh, the Oak Island Enigma, a history and inquiry into the origin of the money pit. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't. There, it's like a, it's based off the works of like some like cryptographic stuff that people have written and they said that they found ciphers in Shakespeare's plays and poems which I mean Shakespeare was a great writer I mean unless it was Francis Bacon but whatever Shakespeare's plays are great and his poems are great and I mean you could draw a lot of connections just because he's a good writer and I I don't I don't you know I don't (laughs) you could draw connections to anything but they say that they these ciphers indicated that Francis Bacon was the actual author of these plays and these poems. And then uh, another researcher named Mark Finnan um, used uh, like they all kind of just like, I don't know, a bunch of guys just kind of got together and be like, this is a good idea. I don't I don't really see how they draw a connection to here. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like they all kind of just got together and be like, yeah, yeah. That's where they would put. That's where you would bury, uh, you know, all these man, the original manuscripts of Shakespeare's plays that show that actual. With you know, what I don't know how you would tell they were actually Francis Bacon's. Wait, they, these are all Shakespeare's plays, and it has by Francis Bacon on it. Like, <laughs> how would you do that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, that, that theory for me is like okay. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm not. Also, also read that. Uh, Francis Bacon had it was he had organized a secret project to make Oak Island the home uh, of its like legendary vault to conceal ancient manuscripts and artifacts. Mm. See, and they, I could do and they that. Figured, I could get. I could get behind that. that. They, um, some cryptographers and researchers have claimed to found have found codes hidden in Shakespeare. Rock formations on the island and clues hidden on other 16th and 17th century art and historical documents. See, I could get by. I could just be just the sheer. I mean, you're digging down 100 feet and you're still finding a wooden wooden panels like wooden wooden platforms and booby traps. Apparently uh, flooding, which would be like the easiest kind of booby trap to kind of set up, I think, in a in a island that's has the geographical similarities of Swiss cheese I would I'd be like yeah like if you were gonna bury stuff like this is where you'd bury it hmm. I don't know hmm. they're all um, one of the other theories one of the other theories that I kind of like as well is that this is where uh Marie Antoinette's jewels are buried how do they come up with because, that one wait this well, one Marie this Antoinette's jewels got- are actually still missing and like it, it there's actually a little bit of stuff validating this one recently. They found Go jewels ahead, in the in the pit. Um, what the thing is is that okay, so it's kind of reported that uh, Marie Antoinette 
uh, during the revolutions, um, there was like an angry mob headed to her place and she decided or to the palace of Versailles. And she decided that she was going to instruct one of her maids to take the jewels and also some art and, and treasures from the palace. And she told the maid to leave and, and run for London and take all the things, um, uh, to Nova Scotia, which, uh, had, which were where she would have connections with some of the French, uh, Navy to be able to get her over there. And then they would use, uh, those connections with the French Navy also to construct this pit on where to bury things. And so in 2017, they said that they discovered a 500 year old brooch containing a large garnet. Ooh. Did they find it in the money pit or on the island? See that one. Not a hundred percent sure. Someone found it, but not, I don't think anyone really is finding anything in the money pit, but on the island itself, it seems like people are finding things. Yeah. It's like they're finding stuff around the area and it's not, you know, it's, I don't know if you, how far you would go <clears throat> to be like, to believe just you know this is one of the things they found on the show as well so you know they found the sword they also found this brooch that had a 500 year old faceted red gemstone uh which was you know marketed as uh as garnet and this was at the end of uh season five in the show apparently so i i don't know if it's actually i mean they took it to a gemologist and then they dated it to 400 to 500 years old. So it does date around the time of the 1500s, uh, which is coincides with the French revolutions. And so we're not a hundred percent sure what could, where it came a, from, but there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, this could also have been like, you know, this is pirate territory as well. So, you know, I don't know. If you, they could have dropped stuff here, like we just said, like it could have got there just like the, uh, just like the sword or something as part of you know, pirate booty, pirate booty, I, pirate booty like, seems I, seems like the the best theory to me at the moment. You got but. booty on the mind, man. Like that's that's my yeah, that's what I think too. But pirate booty. even for, for pirate booties, like to dig such a deep fucking booty hole, <laughs> like, you're going way, you're going hundred feet down, <laughs> booty hole. Booty hole way down, 100 feet down. 100 foot booty hole. Yeah, you go that far in the booty hole, you're bound to find problems. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, this show is run by children. <laughs> um, Matt, we've actually gone an hour. Why don't we, why don't we leave uh, Oak got, Island no. for now? Let's set sail on it for now. No, let's, 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 I want to do, I got one more, one more I want to talk about. One All more right, thing. one more. This is this is expanding the mystery even more of a mystery than it currently is. And it's this guy, John Coleman, has been researching not just Oak Island, but these strange formations found not over not just in Nova Scotia, but in New Brunswick as well. So what he claims, you can go to his website, I think it's actually called Novascotianmysteries.com. And he's claiming he's he's claiming he's finding like evidence of settlements or strange like rocks with actual drill marks and inscriptions all over Nova Scotia, North, like South, North, and even on New Brunswick. 
And when he maps all his findings on a, like a map of Eastern Canada here, he it draws two, two pentagrams, and they kind of, with one of the pentagram arms on Oak Island near the money pit, and the pen, they're about like 150 miles wide from each from like each uh, stone. Each like he's inscribed stones that he finds, and he maps them out, and there's a, like a straight line through both the head. Both of them, and then a tr- perfect isosceles triangle to this one. It's another. They call it another. It's like another money pit in New Brunswick. It's called the the Jolicure Pit, and it's the same type of thing as the money pit. Over just way less famous is pretty much a blacksmith seeing a cow struggling in a sinkhole, and he he thought it was a weird to have a sinkhole there, so he started digging in. Sure enough, they kind of found some weird stuff when we drilled it in. They actually found like evidence of gold and silver on the auger bit. So Weird. the theory is that maybe this Oak Island is as part of a bigger mystery that actually encompasses the whole Eastern like Canada there. So that's a whole, you can go down a whole rabbit hole of that one. I kind of stumbled. Upon yeah. I it. just, I just pulled that up. Yeah. I'm looking at it. It's pretty interesting. So he's claiming that it's very like all the, all like the cuts and stuff in the rocks are very precise. And when he, when he plays on like through the GPS coordinates on a map, they all kind of line up and form some some weird occult symbolism on a map. So maybe there is, maybe the Oak Island Money Pit is the first step in a long line, which gets you to the lost Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. The Holy Grail. <laughs> the Holy Grail is around somewhere. You just got to you gotta dig in the Money Pit for 300 well, years. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not in Ethiopia. I tweeted about that earlier. <laughs> it's definitely not in Ethiopia in that weird little church that everybody said it was. Definitely not in there. No. So maybe it's in the. Maybe they moved it to the money pit. So. Hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of spooky stuff over there. There's also this area called Nolan's Cross. Nolan's Cross. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Nolan's Cross is a massive and precise cross shape made of large boulders that are like nine to ten feet high, and they span like hundred of feet, hundreds of feet, and this is also. People have, don't know what it means. People kind of, you know, that if you don't know what it is and it's a bunch of giant rocks, you know, theories abound about what it could possibly be. But I mean, it's one of the things, but it, it X marks the spot, you know. So, there's, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff up there. All, I mean, that area, like that whole, like, northern thing for pre-Columbian uh, settlements or, or stuff like that is all, and now you know, got pirates going in there too. It's just like there could be anything there. So, I mean, I like it. I like that the Oak Island thing is still technically it's still a mystery. It's still you know, going. It's, they are finding they're finding, finding something. They're finding yeah. something. They're still finding stuff. So that's neat. Like I think this is one of the few legitimate mysteries of of modern times. It's like this is they keep finding things that keep them going and keep people interested you know i hope they keep going you know even though i feel like you know when they started same as brady i was like how how many seasons of a show can you like they're <laughs> digging a hole like how many seasons can you make and it's just a whole bunch <laughs> just keeps on going and it's one of their most popular shows too <laughs> history, yeah. history channel it's it's not bad like i watched a couple episodes and i watched a bunch because it was on tv but it's really not that bad i mean no, it's pretty whatever. cool it's yeah. like it's two guys doing what they really want to do you know and uh 
so that's they're they're passionate about what they're doing and you know that, that's pretty cool i guess <laughs> hmm. yeah it's a cool oh. it's a cool mystery hashtag look it up yeah. if you haven't heard you probably have heard about it but if you haven't watched uh at least watch the first season of the show and get, mm-hmm. that gives you the, the the base of pretty much the whole mystery and the rest of that is just chasing stuff yeah if you uh, ever if you ever fantasized about finding buried treasure yeah look it up all right let's uh let's set sail uh, from oak island here got some new five star reviews what got a lot actually since our last time because it's been a few weeks well me and dan may have read a couple on other ones that's fine yeah uh, great job five star review uh by twin flame 420 five stars i started listening a few months back i tour around the country for a living with different shows and i love listening while i work i found <gasps> you guys you in the circus i found you guys while touring on the marvel universe live tour I love what? Alien Theory, and this podcast is amazing. I have listened to all episodes, and I am eager for the new ones. Keep up the good work, Curtis. Five stars. Curtis, are you is are you an actor in that show? Because I've seen the videos of that show. It looks fucking pretty cool. That's neat. Like a li- live oh, action man. Marvel circus. Yeah, that's o- well, it's almost as good as a circus, but <laughs> it's not as cruel to animals. They're cruelty free now. I'm pretty sure. Not in Thailand. <laughs> not in Thailand. I'm sure they're cru- cruelty conscious, but you can't have that many elephants in a small building and not have some type of cruelty. I don't think. But I mean, they're doing better. They're doing better. I'm sure they are. Uh, Everyone, they're trying. Everyone's trying. Awesome, funny show. Five star review from Jbot2000. Way better <laughs> than Mumble Rap. <laughs> From Chris, that's the same. Much. Well, thank you, Chris. <laughs> We're slightly better than that. We're better than that. We're way yeah. better. Way better than mumble rap. <clears throat> way better. Okay, hold on. Love this show. Five star review from CF Tommel. Uh, aliens, the supernatural, and everything else we can't fully explain rolled into one podcast. Thank you for that. One podcast where we still don't explain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try our best. Uh, always entertaining. Five-star review from Upset. This pod is incredible. I'm proud to be a prolapser. Love the show. I miss the early days of slurred speech and heavy mouth breathing. The topics are, <laughs> the topics are entertaining, informative, and push me to learn more about conspiracies. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Whoop. <laughs> You know, give him some heavy breathing just for all time's sake. Um, all right. <laughs> that was that was pretty much just yeah. Mr. Conspiracy. I got two <laughs> I got two more. Stockholm syndrome from RMK five oh eight. I can't tell if I really like the podcast podcast or just enjoy the banter about everything strange and malevolent amongst friends started a little over a month ago and i'm all done now my car feels empty if you're looking for this podcast to be filled with a hundred percent well-researched facts this podcast is not for you oh god thank you (laughs) (laughs) i fear the day both ryan and dan miss a recording 
Don't let the one star haters deter you. These guys are just regular guys having a good time talking about weird things your friends, family, and coworkers look at you strangely for. Dan is hilarious. Stop ignoring his one liners. <laughs> nice. Uh, and the last one love, love, love this podcast. Five star review from Emily Molt. Uh, my girlfriend showed me this podcast, and I started listening when they only had about 20 or 30 episodes out, and I can't believe how far it's come. The content is always interesting, entertaining, and funny. I especially love how interactive the guys are with their fans. I've messaged them over social media, and I never think they're going to reply, but they always do. They make it clear that they genuinely, genuinely like hearing from their listeners. I hope that you guys never stop recording. P.S. I hope to one day get me draw drunk with Braden. Oh, well, you might regret that one if that ever happens. <laughs> it's a story you'll uh, remember forever. This might not be for the right reasons. Yeah. You might not remember all of it. <laughs> it doesn't matter where, where I end up. I end up in my ginch. I'll tell you that much. That usually happens. <laughs> Getting kicked out of baths. <laughs> <laughs> Usually nicely though, you, you get oh, kicked yeah. out nicely. Yeah, nicely. It's like, hey man, you gotta go, and then you start grabbing the guy's too beard nice. and you're being too nice, touching them. Yeah. yeah, always, always, yeah, uh, always a good time. Get kicked out. Okay, we got get... we got some uh, we got new patreons, new patreon supporters, and we got quite a few because it's been a while since we read them. So I'm gonna start at the top here. First up, Armageddon Stonecock. Oh. Great, great name. Please be a real name. Uh, Jared Dieterman, Brian Robbins, Daniel. Oh fucking butcher it. Gang Gangami. Gangami. Daniel Gangami. He's our our newest top tier supporter. So thank you very much for that, Daniel. Isaiah, Johnny Coon, and Forrest Moffat both went up in their pledge. Paige Solomon. Nate Ashman. Ashman? Ashman, yeah. Ashman? Ashman. Ivy Senega. Alex Beza. Matt and... Oh, I've I read this one. Matt and Ch- Shane? Ch- yeah. T- teamed up. If you want to team up, up, on, up. The, on the Patreon, go for it. That all helps. I've, uh, I've read some of these other ones on yeah. while you were gone. I think that's, I think we're I think we're caught up. Um, Just a little housekeeping. Huge shout out to our boy Drew Baca. Um, he recently uh, spent the afternoon and evening with Mr. Conspiracy. Put him up. Mr. Conspiracy had nothing but nice things to say about Drew Baca and his wife Emma. Is it yeah, Emily? Emma. Emma. No, Emma. So uh, thanks for Drew Baca and Emma for uh, looking after our. Uh, down under correspondent, Mr. Conspiracy. Putting up uh, with his shenanigans. He's, he's in Brisbane trouble. right now, so if you want to want to meet up with Mr. Conspiracy, uh, shoot him up. <laughs> Don't shoot him up. Hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him up at, uh, at Mr. Conspiracy, Mr. Dot Conspiracy ATT on Instagram. Uh, he messages back, so go bug him. And then what else do I have to say? Oh, Alien Con 2019. They are currently reviewing our podcast to potentially have a panel at AlienCon 2019. If you want to see your boys 
on a panel at AlienCon LA 2019. Go on Instagram. Go on Twitter. Message them at the AlienCon. Let them know you want to see us. Let them know where's the alien theorists. We want to see them theorize live. Um, <laughs> more than likely, we'll go regardless. But uh, we want that. We want that noon. We want that eleven thirty panel <laughs> in the closet room. Whatever where they store whatever, the coats. Yeah, whatever. Whatever we, we just want to. We, we actually just want to be able to get into the. We don't want to stand in line to get in. We just want to get in before everybody else. Well, we'll have a merch table regardless. I've already put in a application. I mean, yeah, for we're a merch, merch table. table so. But, but so that'll be neat. We want to do. Uh, we want to do a live live power hour. I think that'd be uh, the bee's knees. We dope. Yeah. Definitely right. message them. Let them know okay. that alien that alien theories theorizing is what you want. It's what you yeah. need. Tell them you're not going to go unless we're there. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Okay, I got a quick uh, zealous prolapse of the week. Sterling Christensen. Chris Christison. Christison. Not Christensen. Christison. Prolapse of the week. I mean, he's been around for two and a half years here, but the last few weeks he's been really giving us some stuff. And I guess he's a little bit upset that in Utah just vote just passed their medical marijuana act, and immediately after it passed, uh, the people in charge changed it on him and now it's shitty. So that sucks. So come up north if you need some Good old Canadian cannabis, even though it's a little bit of a shortage, but we'll get you some. Um, and one more quick thing. Song of the week. If you want to have your band song featured on the end of one of our podcasts, just shoot shoot us a message with some links to your music and we'll get it on here. So this week is the counter treatment from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the song's called Cake Pop. I'm going to put it here at the end. A nice uh Nice, nice, like fast, kind of punk rock, punk rock kind of sound. Check them out. All right. Well, and find them on Bandcamp. As we always. Oh, wait a minute. Are we talk about? Are we gonna talk about the hotline? Oh shit! We got a hot. Yeah. We we got a phone number, baby. We got a we got a freaking sweet hotline now. L.A. number. We have an L.A. time. L.A. number. So if you want to, so what we're gonna try and do. If you call this number and leave us a message, we're gonna we'll play them. We'll play the funniest ones on the show. But also, next time we do open channels, we're just gonna open up the lines and just put two hours. First come, first serve gets chat, either through the this phone number or through Skype. We'll answer either one because they both actually go right through Skype, so it doesn't matter. So if you're looking to call, it's one two one three two six one four two five six. Woo! That's one two one three. Two six one four two five six. If you want to talk with alien theorists, and that's a that number is based out of Los Angeles. So in the states, if you got nationwide calling, you can call. If you're outside of the states, you should probably use Skype, or you'll be charged a fortune. So, <laughs> uh, all right, that's it. As we always say on these things, keep those eyes on the skies. Peace. I lost myself in the golden lights Can't find my way to better days Now that you're gone Taking everything I had all along There's no comfort inside these walls No, there's no comfort I hear at all 
losing space This group is getting smaller Each and every day There's no comfort Inside these walls No, there's no comfort Not here at all Lost myself in the golden light At least I thought so before I died 